and good morning. It is Monday, August 24th, 2020. It's John Fisher here with the Gaming Chair Podcast. I don't know why I did like a Captain Kirk impression, but oh well. You're here for it. I'm here for it. Um, put that on your bingo card. Random podcaster you've never heard of does bad Captain Kirk impression from Star Trek. <laughs> Uh, yes, you have. Uh, you heard right. It is the Gaming Trip Podcast. Thanks for playing. Thanks for catching me over here in this space. Um, you can follow us anywhere. Gaming Trip Pod on Twitter. John Fish TV on Twitter. And Twitch and Instagram. And then rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars. Even if you hate the podcast. Five star reviews. Not even reviews. Five stars just help. It takes two seconds to do. Actually, it takes five seconds to do. One second per star. I hope you can at least contribute that much. Um, we're on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. I think we're on SoundCloud. We might be. Um, we're on the big. We're on the big guns. iTunes and Spotify. Uh, we're on Google Play. We're on Anchor. For those of you who like Anchor, it's pretty easy. Pretty easy going. Um, and then I think that's about it. I think that's it for the plugs. Oh, it, it, we're on the You Didn't Know Podcast Network. Um, self-made podcast network as well with my uh, partner in crime Brad Shepard who does his uh, weekly MMA podcast Low Blows MMA if you're into the fighting scene and then not just on video games but real fighting and then we do a show together called The Couch Commanders which is kind of what it sounds like we're commanding our couch but Either way, thanks for joining up. I appreciate it. Um, it's another week, another week in gaming. Uh, but this one, this one for for me is is pretty special. Um, we got to interview somebody really cool, and I'm really excited for y'all to hear it. It is. Uh, I thought it was it really really fun, especially. Uh, this is going to be a Destiny episode, so if you don't like Destiny, I would not. I mean, listen to the interview because. Um, this gentleman is is a beacon of positivity in the community, and he's a super nice guy. So, uh, and he pl- also plugs all of his shit. So, like, if you want to go listen to all of his shit, I f- feel like he even dropped like a gamer subs promo. Go use his code. I mean, he deserves it. You don't have to like Destiny, at least listen to what he has to say. And uh, we see, like, even if you don't like Destiny, but you love like YouTube and you're a nerd about YouTube things. Uh, we, we go a little bit of it's like a little bit of a deep dive on YouTube. It's kind of neat <sighs> because um, he's certainly broken the mold in 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 a, in a matter of ways uh, with how he does it. But I, I again, um, we'll get to him. Oh, I guess it would help if I actually said his name. Uh, his name is Evan. You might know him. And I asked how I should say his name because his I actually think his pro his like name for youtube and twitch is pretty cool evan f 1997 sounds very official but he just wanted to be called evan so like he's my evan you know but it's an incredible chat stick around uh i won't be doing like like last week when we have really good interviews i don't like to spew my verbal diarrhea in the beginning and the end I like to I like to just get right to the meat meat of it, right? Like there are a lot of these podcasts that, um, like the the big ones, you know, they'll do several interviews in a show. It's like an hour and forty five minutes long. Listen, 
I don't expect anyone to ever listen to anybody unless it's like Morgan Freeman talk for over an hour and a half. That's that's a lot. And for the podcast to do that out there, bravo to you. I mean, shoot. I started streaming on Twitch a couple weeks ago. 54 followers now, I think, which is super great. Thank you, by the way. A um, couple people hang out. And like I'm streaming for sep- for a few hours at least. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, man, I can't believe you're just sticking around. Listen, listening and watching to the same guy. Um, it's crazy. And that thing, things I would never have expected. But but yeah, so I, I feel like I can do a, a, a good bit of um, introduction uh, with just some Destiny news. Again, this would be a Destiny show uh, this week um, and could be next week, too. Follow the Twitter and I'll uh, I'll unveil the next guest when uh, he or she decides to accept it or well, there just won't be a show or there won't be an interview and I'll just talk for an hour next week. Oh, God. All right. So what we learned from Destiny this week, Bungie every Thursday puts out their This Week at Bungie article every single week at Bungie.net. And uh, I, I will throw a link in the podcast description if you missed it. A lot of news was said uh, that I feel like needs to be glossed over, um, no doubt. They talked a lot about the Destiny Content Vault. And for those of you who don't know what that is, the abridged version uh, is like this. Game's too big. They want to take things out of said game to make game less big so they can input new shit. That's it. Um... They and this is a really big clarification piece. And in in fairness, they said that they were going to be doing it incrementally until Beyond Light comes out because this is what it's leading up to. Uh, this is I don't I think this is going to be a, a bigger DLC than Shadowkeep for sure. Um, will it be as big as Forsaken? I don't know. My gut tells me no. For I mean, Forsaken was its own beast, right? Uh, it literally brought the game out of the dead. Uh, and thank God as well, because it needed to be brought back from the dead. Destiny 2 at launch, I mean, after the first week, uh, okay, after the first month, we saw what happened to Destiny 2. Uh, it was in, in the pooper, right? But I think after so long, Bungie knew that they needed to do something great, and Forsaken was spectacular. It was Destiny 2's Taken King, because we all remember... Um, and actually Evan and I get into that a tiny bit about like the expansions, the raids, uh, from D1 and D2, um, Crota had its haters still does. And once we got, oh my Lord, what was that DLC called? You had Oryx and you had House of Wolves, um, darkness below, dark below, dark below. Yes. My memory isn't shit after all. Because you had the Dark Below, then you went to the House of Wolves and Trials. Trials was its own animal. Thank God there was Trials. Skolas was, like, once you did it, that was kind of it. Um, but the content was dry, man. And then Taken King came out and blew everything away. So Forsaken was massive. And I think I think we're at a point where... So obviously, going into Beyond Light, we're at a better state of the game than we were when Forsaken came out. And everyone will agree with that. Um, I think the one big thing right now is just mainly, you know, obviously hacking and cheating and trials is, is a big one. And 
the just regrind upon the regrind of things that we've already done, whether it's solstice, whether it's just trying to find guns, because, hey, we're getting sunsetting in November. So that just that brings up another conversation. But Beyond Light is going to have to deliver. So part one of, of Bungie's discussion, which I'm glad that they're doing, is about the DCV. So long story short, I'm going to I'm going to abridge all of this because, again, I want to get to our talk with Evan. Uh, he is the star of the show. So Bungie says, quote, when a destination goes into the DCV, so to do its PVE activities and associated rewards, quote, that that's a blanket statement for everything. Now you go down. They talk about literally everything, right? So, again, we're going to do this very, very fast strikes. Here is what's here's what's leaving. Because remember, Io, Titan, Mars, Mercury, boom, gone. And Leviathan. Those are all going away. So here are the strikes leaving. Pyramidian, the Festering Core. Uh, I don't have a clapping sound clip. I would, I would actually, do I? Hold on. Everyone's clapping. That's a Destiny reference. Wait. Hold on. Festering Core is leaving. Wait, come on. YouTube video. Is that it? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Wait. Really? And by the way, this video of one hour of clapping hands has 277,000 views on YouTube. Think about that. <laughs> Just think about that for a second. Um, all right. Sabathune Song off a of Titan. Strange Terrain, Will of the Thousands on Mars. I'm going to miss that strike boss so much tree probabilities and garden world boom boom goodbye i actually I, I might miss tree tree was a fun one so those are the ones that are leaving the only the two strikes that we're getting is will of crota d1 fans remember and then a redacted strike uh from europa and they also mentioned that devil's lair and the saber strikes are coming back in year four out of the vault so awesome all right they talked about gambit gambit and gambit prime will be merging into one experience on November 10th, um, they didn't talk about a lot of things, but it's going to be similar to Gambit Prime, but it won't be Prime. It'll be just Gambit but with like a Prime focus. It's going to be they're going to be tweaked blockers, heavier moat drain, things like that. It, it sounds like Prime. We're getting Prime, basically. Anyway, the ma the map's leaving because Dreaming City. Oh, the, wait, hold on. Dreaming City's not going away. That's weird. Uh, anyway, so we're get, we're losing two maps. Uh, G Cathedral of Scars and Kell's Grave. Um, and then uh, a big one that my friend pointed out to me is the Gamba Prime armor. Mods are going away. The perks are going away completely. So so the the armor you're not losing, but the perks, I mean, why would you use the armor? It just destroy it. Um, they're going to rebalance it somehow. Uh, if you guys, if you want to keep it, it's going to be sunset. I bet you it'll be sunset by the time they fix the armor. Bet on that. All right, Crucible, Crucible Maps. Here's what is leaving. Meltdown, Solitude, Retribution, Citadel, Emperor's Respite, Equinox, Eternity, Firebase Echo, thank the Lord, Gambler's Ruin, Legion's Gulch, Vostok, all gone. They did not say what maps are coming in, and here are the game modes leaving. Supremacy, Countdown, Lockdown, Breakthrough, Doubles, no one will complain about any of those. Momentum, Control, and Scorched are leaving at first, and then will be returning in year four. Trials also is not getting touched. 
yet. Keyword on yet because it should get touched. Here's the big one. So I'm going down to like big boy activities, raid and dungeons. Uh, dungeons, they're all coming back. Apparently Prophecy's leaving at first, but then is returning. Um, I guess they have some fixes for it. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, note that the Prophecy dungeon will become temporarily unavailable for a brief period to allow our team to make a necessary technical update. Okay. I mean, I know of one thing. When you go from the second to the third phase... Uh, you can get lost in time there. Um, we, we, yeah, and that ruins a, a flawless run. But anyway, uh, good to see all three dungeons staying. They're all fun. They're all very, very fun. Here, and we already knew this, the, here are the raids that are leaving. Every Leviathan raid, so it's Leviathan, Eater of Worlds, Spire of Stars, Crown of Sorrows. That one's kind of fun. I wish that wasn't leaving. And Scourge of the Past. I love that raid. I'm mad it's gone. But that's why they made it, so you can farm it consistently nonstop. All right. Um, they talked about exotics, and again, this is where, like, activities are going away. These exotic quests are leaving. Like, here's just a few obvious ones. Legend of Acrius, Sleeper, World Line Zero, Jotun, Izanagi's Burden, Thorn, Lumina. So, but here's the thing, though. Uh, even though they're being retired from the game, the quest, you're, they're figuring out a way where you can get the gun. So whatever that means, because like for me, I don't have the toaster or Lumina. I was so lazy that I just did not want to do it. <laughs> There's I have no other explanation. Um, catalysts also, because some of them are tied to I think. Well, like the bad juju is technically tied to a quest um, Bad here. Here are the they are the catalysts leaving um, bad juju huckleberry is anagi's burden acrius polaris land skyburn is oath sleeper telesto outbreak perfected whisper of the worm world line zero that's another thing whisper and outbreak perfected missions going away i'm kind of i mean i don't do them anymore uh, but for newer players that come in they should have a chance and deserve to have a chance to earn those weapons i hope they figure something out um all these catalysts will come out of the vault and be made available with new objectives if needed in a future season. Uh, I don't know, man. Taking away Whisper and Outbreak, that's uh, that's something. I don't know about that one. I don't think they should. And they should they should keep it in. Either way, my opinion doesn't matter. Um, so then this is the main question. Uh Actually, no, we already covered that. What goes away when a destination is vaulted? We we covered that. I mean, obviously, it's like adventures are going away. Vendors, gone. Patrols on the on the planet, gone. Like, what, if really roaming them? Like, the destinations are leaving. Everything is gone from that planet, period. Here's where people are going to get pissed. Um, <laughs> pissed as far as newer players is concerned. So here's the question. What will new guardians experience if the year one campaigns go away? Obviously, some of the year one campaigns include, I think that includes Mars. Yeah, includes Mars and Mercury. Yeah, it's, it's, it's its own campaign. Quote, here we go. With some of the core year one destinations entering the vault, it's true that the free for all players, Red War, Curse of Osiris and Warmind campaigns will be no longer playable. They're building a new expanded origin story to the Cosmodrome that will launch along year four. It, it is designed to introduce you to the world and mechanics of Destiny and prepare you to play the action MMO game we all enjoy. The Forsaken and Shadowkeep story campaigns will still be playable, 
in year four for owners of those expansions, end quote. I can see why people would be pissed. Red War, Curse, and Warminder are literally the first three campaigns in the game. So if those aren't there, I think, aren't those? Yeah, they, yeah, they are. So like, what's this beyond, then what's the new light? What's new light going to be? When is it going to come out? They, they have a lot of explaining to do. Because if you're a brand new player and you start in fucking Forsaken, that's a lot. It's overwhelming and you're going to quit. I hope you don't quit. But like, it's overwhelming. It's like I tried to play World of Warcraft last year whenever um, BFA came out. So overwhelmed. I played for like a month and I was just done. I didn't know what to do. I, I'm, I'm an idiot. So there's a reason there. But. I and I didn't have really have I didn't have a, a clan I, didn't, I had nothing a guild I'm sorry sorry <laughs> I just didn't have any of that so it's gonna be interesting I hope that they they figure it out very very soon but because uh, new I mean I obviously like as a community we always want people to come play with us you know keep get our clan strong right raid show people through dungeons you know. I don't know. I'm skeptical about that one, but we'll have to see. You know what? I'm not skeptical about my discussion with Evan F1997, which is coming up in just a second. Uh, I this this is he's a star of the show. The reason you are listening, I hope. Um, thanks for tuning in so far to the Gaming Chair Podcast, and here we go with Evan F1997. And welcome back to the Gaming Chair Podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest lined up with us today. He might even have the coolest gaming chair yet. You can find him at twitch.tv slash EvanF1997. And the same goes for Twitter. He is the one, the only Destiny creating machine, Evan. Hello. How's it going? going well i'm just uh getting off of a really long stream and happy to be here thank you for inviting me on oh and hey the pleasure is all mine did i hype you up well enough uh, yeah i feel <laughs> i feel like i've ascended you know <laughs> ascended oh my um you know one of my favorite guilty pleasure shows talks about ascension and it's an extremely negative connotation so i'm gonna take that as a positive oh uh, yeah okay yeah yeah but <laughs> Either way, it's Riverdale. I, I and I don't expect you to watch that. I don't expect anyone but my teenage sister to watch that. But I love it so much. Uh, Fair enough. Everybody gets a guilty pleasure. Do you have one that you're willing to share on, on on a recorded podcast that can totally be edited out if you change your mind? Um, guilty pleasure. Food, TV uh, show, anything. I would probably say. I don't know. I I. I really I'm pretty boring when it comes to stuff. I'm always I'm literally always working stuff. So like I my guilty pleasure would probably be watching community while I'm doing like my elliptical for like 30 minutes or 40 minutes. That's and a good show. Some, yeah, I really like community. That's a good show. Um all right, that's enough about I'm not plugging NBC here. Okay. I'm I'm plug, <laughs> I'm, I'm plugging you. Um you and and I'm I'm going to lead off with this you have truly cured my nostalgia for Destiny 1. And I, I say that because I was there was a lull in D2. 
as it tends to happen in games like this. And I'm like, you know what? I, I popped in D1 and I was having a good time. And I was like, there has to be some YouTube content. I mean, the the big guns like Datto, you know, I go back and watch some of his stuff. But then I came across your channel and truthfully was just starstruck with the content that you're putting out and the kind of videos that you're doing. So, like, why? Why these these precious videos about, like, Wrath of the Machine, King's Fall, Yallerhorn? Like, take me through your creative process a little bit. Like why I started it or, yeah. or more Yeah, okay. why um, you started it. Yeah, so like a long time ago, you know, I it was probably last year mm, November-ish is when I really like started pumping them out on like a last year November is when I started really doing these types of videos. But originally, you know, I was just trying to find like my footing on YouTube. Like I really enjoyed making YouTube videos and I obviously enjoy streaming. I enjoy both of them a lot. Um, but on YouTube, especially I was like, okay, I've been doing title guides and those are doing like really well for me, but that's also not something that I wanted to do. I didn't want to be another guide channel. I was kind of like sick of it a little bit. So I started and you know, the, the thing is I got really, really lucky because I could have gone down the full guide path, like 100% and just been set on that. But I decided instead that I was going to go down a different route. So my first like really big video was the flawless pit of heresy uh solo flawless emblem video like a guide for that how to do it and it got like a hundred thousand views in a day and i was like oh that's crazy okay i guess i'm a guide channel now so then the next video was like (laughs) was like a raid guide like how to do the challenge in garden of salvation and then right after that I saw this opportunity because there was this event that went down and i love being there for big events of destiny and so I was like, okay, you know, there's this video idea where, you know, Bagel 4K and I think it was a Zupa Dupa were both extremely competitive fighting for the like 999 power because the artifact could boost you way higher than you were supposed to be. I think at the time you were supposed to be like capped out at 950 and they were each at 999 after like two weeks of the DLC. So it was crazy. They were, they were flying through. Right. Um, so I decided I was going to make a video to time capsule that event. I wanted to talk about it because it's something I really liked. And I also saw an opportunity. I was like, dude, I think a lot of people are really going to like this. So I threw together this, this video. It's really poorly edited compared to what we have now. Like the videos now are much better edited, but this one at the time was like just super, super like crispy. Like the title was perfect. The whole entire destiny community just got, was just baited. Right. And then the, the thumbnail looks like a movie poster. And I was like, okay, that right there. That's like, I just knew it was going to do well because the last video I put out that was like kind of a big one was like a hundred thousand views. I did not expect it to be a, a almost 1 million views in a week video though. That's incredible. Uh, it was wild. And so then I went back to doing guides a little bit and then I was like, well, I think people really, really like these event videos. Like they really, really like these videos where we talk about some important event in the game. So I'm going to do that. And I want to talk about Niobe Labs because I think it was a crazy event. So I did that next. That one's at a million views now. It was it hit 700,000 like a week also. Uh, then I was like, okay, well, what about an exotic that changed like the way that we play the game? Like how about an exotic that changed movement so heavily? 
let's talk about Worldline. That 300,000 views in a week. Like it was just last wish. Let's talk about the raid race. Like community events was mainly community, like the hardcore community stuff, the big events. And then I was like, oh, this is something that I absolutely love. And all I could think about the whole time was like, you know, I, like I didn't even consider it at the time, but I was like, I get why people love this stuff. I get it. I didn't get it before, but I got it after probably after the last wish video. I just got it. I was like, oh, because how many times do you do a raid? And let me ask you this, John. Yep. How many times do you do a raid and somebody says, Oh, it wasn't as good as X exotic or X raid or whatever. And somebody in your fire team goes, Oh, I never played that 75% of the time. So there you go. That was like something that I figured out after I had done the last wish video was like, Oh, people don't remember the raid race. That's a, you had to be there moment. What mm -hmm. if I took them back through that? You had to be there moment so that everybody was there. And so I just went on that path and I just kept going and kept going and you know there's some of these like i would say a lot of people probably think that i'm just a nostalgia channel or like i just do destiny nostalgia but i try to diversify like i don't my goal is to not be nostalgic my goal is to time piece history in the game while also taking away the message that the game can take inspiration and then go better than that than 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 a good thing that happened like i don't want to harp on a good thing for too long I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of people just say that like, oh, I'm just a guy like living in the past, like it's just nostalgia stuff. But I, I don't like I, I, I personally think that things in the future can be better. But I just like to time capsule the past. Would you consider yourself a historian then? At that point, in a way, yeah. Um, in a way, I would definitely. But I also am kind of moving again into different shifts, right? Like we're talking about like you know there's like the big videos where we're talking about the outbreaks story the uh galhorn all that other stuff but then there's videos like hey the community puzzle like the quarters of time video where that's like a community event we got redeem clan video so that's on a clan in the game uh we have a lore video with bife about like what's coming in the future of the game um and then we also have a cooking like i'm just trying to diversify right like i have a mystery video of like there's this thing there's this story of the court of oryx the basketball court of oryx but did you know that one player like sat in that room for 45 hours straight trying to find something and couldn't find anything I, like i never knew that oh my god it's, it's crazy but like those are things that i think personally a lot of people would are down with hearing about but maybe just yeah just maybe didn't think think that they would know or, or care to know but you know if it's in a nice video instead of having to wait weeks on a on a stream it's like a good way to filter out everything and just find it and i think that's incredibly wise of you to start to diversify your content i mean just because you know me personally i found you through going through a nostalgia trip which yeah you have that content out there you're also taking your creativity and shifting it while staying on the Destiny topic per se, which isn't going away anytime soon and has a rich history and dating back to 2014, it, it's always smart mm -hmm. to do that because there are only so many events that you can, like you said, time capsule and put it all together. I mean, you eventually have to run out at some point, but you're taking the right approach in my mind. 
Yeah, I I, I think so too. I, I I got scared because I was like, you know, I talked to I think it was Error. Uh, I'm sure you know who Error is, right? I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was talking to Error on the Redeem video about this, and I was like, because he was he was asking me. He's like, I have a question for you. I was like, Yeah, what's up? He's like, So what do you think you're gonna like? When are you gonna run out of things to talk about from the past? And I kind of sat there and I went, Huh, that's a good point. Like, what what am I gonna diversify into? And I think from there I started to really consider like, Okay, I don't want to just be the guy who talks about things in the past, even though the past stuff, you know, it's, it's covered. There's so much stuff that already there. Like it's a lot, it's, it's not easier, but it's also not like, like it's a lot more exciting because I think people, a lot of people don't know about it as much, but my goal is to just kind of have a spread out of content, but also keep it well formatted, well written and well produced. Cause my goal ultimately is to make content that people want to rewatch. Like, I don't want content that like somebody clicks it, watches it once goes okay that was okay and then never wants to come back i want people to get excited for videos and so i i already see it though like every single video outside of maybe one in the past uh i i don't even know and since since four months ago only one video has not done over a hundred thousand views so that people really really like the content and for good reason and you you kind of it's that that keyword that I always look for is well produced. Are you a self-taught editor, by the way, or do you have practice beforehand? Uh, I'm self-taught. That is I, incredible. Yeah, I, I went to school for broadcast, but I taught myself how to edit the whole way through. What software? I'm sorry, it's my it's my TV nerd in me. What software do you use? Oh, I'm I'm basic. I use Adobe Premiere Pro. You know what? You might think it's basic, but. You ask, I would say 80 to 90% of the TV community and what they edit with is usually Final Cut Pro or like a yeah. Sony Vegas, where I think Premiere Pro might be the best one on the market. But yeah, that's the nerd in me talking. Um, so what I, I'd love to know, I mean, I, I'll just ask the basic question. Do you have a favorite video that you've done so far? Um, favorite video that I've done. It's kind of changed, right? So like. You know, originally it was the first big one because it was like the launching of what we're going to do. Um, and then it was the Niobe Labs because I was like, oh, I put so much time. into that. I remember back then being like, oh, man, I put so much time into this. And it was like so difficult because it was like the first real deep dive into old community stuff. And when you're getting when you're working with stuff that you're unfamiliar with, it's like so much harder. And it was 13 minutes long. And I was like wow, that was so difficult. And then next thing I know, like two videos later, I'm doing Last Wish, the whole story of that raid. And that one became my favorite video for a long time. I I, I have a story about that video. So the this is the wildest 24 hours in Destiny, in the history of Destiny, Destiny 2, right? It's the, it's the Riven, Last Wish, world's first race. The whole, what it did for the game, what it unlocked after they beat the raid. It unlocked a ton of content for the whole entire community. Huge community victory moment. It was awesome. But um, why this is my favorite video that I made for a really long time was because I actually was getting my desk shipped to me. Um, I got a Mojo desk and I got the board, like the baseboard of it, like the top shipped separately from the legs for some reason because the legs were really heavy and they were gigantic and so they had to come in different boxes but they came a few days after the the board on the top 
So as a result, I had to get a makeshift desk, like an Ikea, like not even Ikea, like a garage sale desk, like one of those really, really kind of like $20. You throw it together. That's it. Desk. And I recorded the voiceover and I was not happy with it so many times. And I had enough time to change the script because I was waiting for my other desk and I was like going to get all excited to like set everything up before I edited. So I did the script like probably 10 times over. Like I I edited it so many times. And then when I was doing the voiceover, I did the voiceover so many. It was like a David Fincher movie. I did the voiceover so many times that I think I did it 15 to 20 times. So the point where I did the whole entire script, like a 15 or 16 page script without stopping once, like literally no, no mess ups, no breaks. That was it. I just went for it. Wow. Um, so that video was my favorite for a really long time. And then it turned into probably the community puzzle with the, uh, with the, um, with corridors of time, but I was kind of mad at corridors itself, but I was excited to do the video. A lot of footage redeem <laughs> video was great because like, once again, a lot of, a lot of stuff that I, a lot of people I could talk to a lot of stuff and community stories are always fun. And then after that, pro like I enjoyed making the Baltic glass video. I know, and I know a lot of people really like that one, but I would have to say Crota was my favorite raid video for a really long time because it just has such an interesting story. Like, this raid was kind of the the part of year one that people didn't like was like this stuff. And like, imagine if Black Hammer wasn't there. Imagine if like some of the loot and Crota wasn't there, then people would be really, really angry at it. And like, it's crazy to think that King's Fall and Crota were supposed to be the same raid at one point, and they changed that. And, I forgot um, all about that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they were supposed to be the same raid. Um. And then probably after that, my fate like King's Fall was cool, but I also don't remember working on King's Fall nearly as much as I remember uh, the Wrath of the Machine video. So Wrath of the Machine was the most recent video. It just came out on Monday for those who haven't seen it, but it's really, really long. It's a 59 minutes and 14 seconds. The longest video outside of a podcast I did with Bife that I've ever done so that video was a lot of work, but it definitely turned out the way I wanted it to. I got a lot of footage. I got a lot of uh, great clips and it, it just turned out perfect. I love that video. Um, I, that one is great. I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. But I, I oh, think you, you truly break the mold of length of YouTube videos because I know the old adage has always been you got to be in like in this sweet spot. You have to hit all these markers in which a quick sidebar the way you handle, uh, and I don't know what the technical term is on the YouTube side of things, but the different sex, uh, content sections on the timeline, I think the way you do that mm-hmm. is brilliant. But your videos, while yeah, they're long, but it, it like you you just kind of break that rule completely. And did you ever see yourself doing 50 minute long videos and see the success that it's having? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I remember being like so annoyed at myself or not annoyed but like not annoyed um i remember being like so like freaked out that i did a video that was 25 minutes and now we're sitting here doing 
a 59 minute video and you know i was thinking about doing this other big project i'm probably not going to do it the way that i was going to do it i'm probably gonna do a bunch of like smaller projects because i think it's more interesting and i won't i won't spoil it i won't you know um i respect that i won't spoil like what i'm going to be working on but it's going to be very very interesting and i'm I think a lot of people are really going to like it. I, I think it's going to do really well. And I think especially for me being like the destiny community person, I think it's my job almost to do this, like as a un unwritten rule to talk about this. Cause like I said, like it's not, <sighs> this is kind of what I always say. It's not that I can't do It's not, it's not that I have to do some of the stuff that I do. It's that I want to make sure that, the destiny community is represented in the best way possible and is represented in a way that like actually tells the truth. The worst thing I could do is, is sacrifice truth for full on entertainment value. It's some things like stretched. Sure. Like is, uh, was the raid, you know, spoilers for people who haven't seen it yet, but the wrath of machine video, um, was, and you can, you know, people who are listening to the podcast, you can skip a little bit ahead here, but was, was the raid race between redeem and tier one that close at the end? Not as close as I put it in the video, but it was still close enough that I felt like it was really good entertainment value to go back and forth and see, okay, they're messing up. Okay. They're messing up. Like redeem probably wiped about four times in total and tier one probably wiped about eight or nine times in total there, but tier, but redeem clearly, clearly had control at the end there. Uh, and they had control the whole raid but they they almost lost it to tier one once. But even then they figured out the mechanic tier one hadn't figured out the mechanic yet. So that was the only thing that I kind of sacrificed for entertainment value. But I think that was like justified. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it is. But um, that one was definitely justified, I think. Um, you, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say like the other final video that I really enjoyed making and kind of where I see myself going in Destiny uh, going back to that question too, would be the Destiny 2 is way too easy video, which got a lot of hate, but a lot of praise. A lot of people really liked what I had to say, but a lot of people also really did not like what I had to say. It's because I, I talked about the Well of Radiance and people automatically started to think that I hate Warlocks, that I hate the Well, that I hate this. And I'm like, no, that's that's not it. I basically said that, you know, the, the tuning of it is a little strong and it could be slightly tweaked and this and that, but people misinterpret everything sometimes. You know. Well, that's the internet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you, know, you know, not not everybody. Know. Not everybody. I don't want to generalize. Everybody. Not everybody. But but I'll, I, I'll... I just thought it was crazy that a video about where I where I said the well, and I even said like I think bubble right now is a little too like a little too strong. Maybe it needs a slight tweak. And I think always invisible hunters are way too strong. Like that shouldn't be a thing where you're always invisible. And, you know, people automatically heard the word well and nerf and they just assumed I hate war. Like people, people taking away that message is always funny to me. Do you think that is kind of, you know what, for all of his invisible hunters, just ask leopard stealth when he's solo grandmastering the nightfalls. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, and, yeah. I, and I love Lep. I do. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a sub of his, but um, you know what? I'm not going to talk trash. This is not the place. <laughs> but so you you being dubbed, I mean, the community guy on YouTube for Destiny, which I think is an amazing thing because I feel like I feel like it's needed, especially when there's lulls in content. 
for for certain perspectives like there is right now for d2 leading up to november for beyond light but when there are kind of these negative time periods uh of the community do you think that a, a do you like do you embrace that being being the one that i wouldn't say is positive but i think you're balanced and fair uh throughout all of your coverage and content but does that do you ever feel like that puts pressure on you to be that community person when I mean, well, when Destiny 2 and Bungie do get a lot of hate, especially like when they delayed their big project two whole months. Um, I think like. I think, to be honest. It's tough when the game gets delayed, it's always tough when the game gets delayed, it's always tough when, you know, you have to figure out something that you want to do for a time period, and it's always tough to to be the community person but also it's like such a wonderful thing to be in the position to do it. And so I think as long as you hold on to that and hold on to the fact that like, it's a very, very blessed position to, to do this as my, as my career now, you know, I'm going to make a thank you hundred K video very, very soon and talk to people about like ways that they could support me or what I should do or whatever. Um, and kind of just go over like the big thank you of everything to all of the people that have like, subbed and and gone on twitch and and subbed to me on twitch and donated to me on twitch because it's it's unreal and like you know just talk about all that stuff talk about the fact that we are somehow full-time like i i never thought i'd be here so i think it's a it's a wonderful opportunity it's a good blessing to be able to do it but yeah i mean it definitely gets tough sometimes in this community definitely some moments and just like just to touch on that 100k thank you video that you're going to be doing um mm-hmm. might i go into your twitter uh it's at evan f1997 by the way cheap plug <laughs> um you're you had a tweet from december 26th to 2019 coincidentally right after christmas um that your goals for 2020 were and i quote 50k subs on youtube twitch partner full-time creator uh and the last three uh, were more personal to you, like moving into a new place, meet more amazing people, being in the best shape of your life. Um, would you would you care to say that you've kicked ass and said goals, <laughs> and we're not only we're not even nine months into the year two thousand and twenty yet? Yeah, I'd say the goals were <laughs> were yeah. I remember being at when I made that tweet in December. I think I was at 20,000 subs on YouTube. Um, and I remember being all excited about 20,000 subs and being like, well, I, you know, 50K is doable by, by 2020, 50K is doable. Twitch partner was like, okay, that's, that's going to be tough. You know, like, yeah, I'll be able to move some people over from YouTube to Twitch, but am I going to be able to hold people? Am I going to be entertaining enough that people would actually want to watch me on Twitch? Like, what can I do to, to diversify myself so that I'm not held down just by YouTube. Can I make Twitch another, another avenue of, of, I don't know, not just revenue, but like a way for me to, if, if YouTube goes down the poop hole, like is Twitch going to be there and you know, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the goals there were, were definitely like in a range of potentially there, but, I would say full-time creator was definitely the one that I was the most like, okay, I don't know if I'll be able to do that. Like I still got to get my nine to five. I still got to do all that. And now it's, now it's here. We are here. We are at full-time creator and a lot of people dislike, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are very, very jealous of the, of where we are. And I, I don't blame them because, you know, if I was a 
content creator. And if I was, if I was a content creator who has been grinding for years and see this guy kind of come out of nowhere and take over and become one of the biggest on the game, I, I would be frustrated too. Like it's, I, I, I totally get it, but yeah, it's crazy. The goals are insane. It's insane. <laughs> and you're very humble as well. Um, which, which I think is an incredible quality to have, especially for, for someone that has come onto the scene, uh, very recently and, um, and obviously put in the hard work because what you do now, and I know we talked about this off off the pot a little bit right beforehand, but like, take us through, I mean, let's, your Wrath of the Machine video is perfect because it just came out two days ago, by the way, also at over 110K. Not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how hour long video? I mean, how long did that take you to do? It took me about, oh God. It took probably, probably about, mm, oh God, everything, uh, two weeks, like full two weeks. So probably 40 hours. It was 80 hours, I would say. My gosh. Yeah, it took a long time to do the script. I spent a whole week on the script and getting the thumbnail all, all perfect the way that I wanted it to. And then I spent another week just editing day by day, day by day, day by day. And yeah, so yeah, probably probably 80 hours to do that video. I didn't notice the thumbnail. That's it's actually really good <laughs> because you have, you have you have the monitors behind it. And then you, yeah, like that. That's epic. I didn't like the thing is that's tough with with Wrath is that Oryx. There's like so much coverage. Oryx is like the poster child of Destiny 1 pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like When you think of Destiny 1, you think of Oryx because he's just He's just the poster child. Like Taken King actually had like more people than Destiny's launch at, at one point. Like daily playing is crazy because launches never get beaten. That's that's wild. Um, so Oryx was their guy. Oryx was the actual antagonist of the game because year one there was like no set antagonist. There was like Skolas, there was Crota, Atheon, but there wasn't like you know there wasn't a ton of. There wasn't like a character name that you just resonate with in Destiny 1 until Oryx. So there's a lot of coverage of him. Atheon, funny enough, that picture for the Atheon thumbnail is not actually Atheon. That is of it's not. uh it's not. It's from the strike in Destiny 2, the Nessus strike with the drill. It's that Minotaur all the way on the bottom floor because he no. glows blue. Yeah. He glows blue at the bottom, so that's not Atheon because Atheon is more crystal white. But I couldn't find any good pictures of Atheon, so I said, "You know what? We're gonna get this nice high res screenshot of this guy in Destiny 2. So I got that. Huh. Yeah, and then Crota, of course, is from the Nightmare. So you know, there's plenty of pictures of Nightmare Crota because he just got brought back from Destiny One. So plenty of there. But yeah, I would say Wrath thumbnail was very difficult to get made because it it required me to find a picture of Vosik because Axis didn't have any good pictures. So I used Vosik from the first encounter and I fused the second encounter, which is the monitors. I threw a radio blur in there and I fused the thumbnail together so that there was SIVA logos, but also it's the pose from the first uh, from the first encounter. That That's excellent. 
and and I, I really hope like that last question, it, it's that it was made so people can appreciate hard work, whether whether you're a full time Twitch streamer, but just content creator in general or, or, or a YouTuber like this is there is so much and you just proved it. There's so much that goes into just one thing. I mean, that the thumbnail, which we look at it and it's a picture, but there's so much more to it. And there's so much. I mean, the preparation that you put in is insane. Uh, for just that one thumbnail. So like kudos to you. And I hope people understand how much hard work goes into something like this. Um, let's transition from content creation over to like the game itself. Um, I, I will start off with a very easy question. Maybe it's not so easy. What was your favorite event and or raid in Destiny 1? Uh, I'll do both. Uh, my right. favorite event in Destiny, you said one? Yeah. Uh... Oh, Destiny One, probably my favorite event. I, mm, I, I guess I'll do raid for Destiny One. It's Wrath of the Machine, easy. Um, I, I really think, and this is controversial to a lot of people because a lot of people really like King's Fall. A lot of people really like Vault of Glass. I hear almost no Crota, uh, nope. for understandable reasons. But a lot of people say Vault of Glass. A lot of people say King's Fall. And for me, Vault of Glass was my first raid. I really liked Vault of Glass, and I think a lot of people really hold it to a gold standard because of the loot that was provided in Vault of Glass, and it was pretty accessible. Consider, like, con- compared to other raids, Vault of Glass was very accessible. Um, but I would say that Vault of Glass also suffers from a very outdated mechanics perspective. There is some mechanics of Vault of Glass that I personally think would not hold a candle to any raid in destiny Two. that like there is a lot of think about the encounters right first encounter you stand on plates you raise a spire cool that's yeah. that's easy you know second encounter you're standing on plates again kind of you're defending confluxes so what does that do what does that create when you're just defending confluxes that creates a scenario where you're just playing defend the tower like the whole rest of the game that was there in destiny one I love Templar fight. That being said, Templar mm-hmm. fight is fantastic. I think it's one of the best that destiny has to offer. Um, but I think that Vault of Glass is outclassed by the, by everything except for Crota and Destiny. King's fall. A lot of people will say King's fall is their favorite. And I understand it. I think the atmosphere in King's fall is almost perfect. I think like it captures it's like a it's like a traditional wow raid it's a it's a traditional any other raid in any other game right it's very like straight line you're getting to the final boss the final boss has its quarters and it's very cool it's like it's like playing a whole game you know um so my issue with king's fall is mostly is mostly that oryx the final boss is very boring after a few times through I think Oryx, yeah, because you can't speed it up at all. You have to do the encounter the way that it was originally done. Like you can't speed it up. So you when when you hop in there for Oryx, um you have to do all 16 blights must explode at some point. Um and you have to either you have to four phase it pretty much. No, de- devil's advocate, four- devil's advocate, shouldn't that isn't that how a final boss should be performed? Or do you think after after you learn the ropes, it's okay to be able to like, you know, snap your fingers and it's over? 
Uh, I think it's okay, and this is where I'm gonna get with Wrath as far as my favorite raid. I think it's I think it's really good to have a boss that's difficult when you first enter, but can be min maxed. I think that's like the the key for Destiny, especially. You know, it's a looter shooter after all, right? So mm-hmm. I think having mechanics that the player can beat, but it'll take a little bit longer or much longer. But then you can also roll through it when you are very, very confident in it, right? It's like Axis okay. is a great example because Axis has an optional mechanic where you can get your super back instantly. Axis has a lot of learning, right? Like Axis, a lot of people thought swords were the best option, but actually it's cluster bomb rockets and thermite grenades. Thermite grenades can hit multiple legs. Cluster bombs can just do a lot of damage. Like it, it all just goes in them once. So it's interesting. There's like different levels of learning with Axis, and I think it's why I really, really like Wrath is because you, it's a very easy to enter, but really hard to master raid. It's one of the highest skill curves in, in the game of, of raids. Last Wish still being my favorite raid ever. I was that was my next question was for Destiny 2. Uh, but and that that is an incredibly popular opinion. And for good reason, it is probably my favorite raid ever behind King's Fall, Wrath of the Machine being like a 2B scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in, as far as encounters go, I think Last Wish hits a home run. For and I know what people think about Gauntlet in Last Wish. I love that encounter because I was the first in my raid group to learn how to read the symbols <laughs> first. <laughs> so like I always tip my hat towards that one. But I think it's I mean, I, I don't see a weak spot in that entire raid. In Last Wish? Yeah. yeah. Um I, I there's really hard. I'd say the only weak spot is that they didn't patch out the ability to one floor ribbon. I, I think that's a that's a big mistake in my opinion. Um Riven is a boss that I think everybody everybody who does Riven at this point just does the sword cheese or rocket cheese or grenade launcher cheese or whatever. But I think it's it makes me kind of upset that like there was no patch the first week or two that said that hey, you know, you're not gonna be able to just one floor this boss. But then again, what can you do? I mean, the boss meets you on multiple floors, like people would just two floor it then and you know, people would be like, well, there's no point. So I, I can't get mad at the developers for not doing it. And if they were going to do it, they were going to do it early. But mm-hmm. I think that Riven done legit cements last wish as way ahead of everything else, because there's an encounter after the final boss, too. And the encounter is fantastic. It's one of the most unique raid encounters, and it's after the final boss. So once you beat Riven, you then have to go another step further. You have to officially kill Riven. You have to bring the heart. And I love the little attention to detail. Like you can clearly tell they spent a lot of time on that raid. The attention to detail is wonderful. Like the, uh, the fact that if you go into on, on Queens walk, if you get sucked into the heart, you can see the hands of the person holding you way up in the sky. I never and noticed that really. Yeah. Like the next time you're in the heart, look up at the sky. You'll see like, uh, like huh. shadow hands because you're inside of the heart. So it makes sense. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to. That's wild. Now, this is kind of a silly question, but it it really pertains back to how we just raved about Last Wish for like five minutes and well-deserved too. Why can't, and maybe the better question is why shouldn't every raid be like Last Wish? Is it not meant to be that way? Or do you think if every raid was like Last Wish or like King's Fall, 
would those lose their mystique a little bit? I think it more comes down to production time and a lot of like the behind the scenes stuff, right? Because like I think of Last Wish as like, okay, Bungie knew they messed up in year one of Destiny 2. They that was clearly a mess up. They they even say all the time that that they're like, my bad. Mm-hmm. Um I think Last Wish was a result of okay, we're gonna make sure this mess up like we're gonna make sure that everything that we messed up on gets fixed and some so we're gonna go all out on this raid we're gonna make sure that people have another king's fall moment where it's like okay this is clearly the raid that defines this game um so they went all out but i think with shadow keep because i'm not a huge fan of garden of salvation i i can't be i, I don't really like that raid that much it's it's, it's okay like i'll do it's it okay the, the loot's decent you know but it is yeah. it's not it's like eye popping right yeah it's really cool to look at but like it's just not my favorite. It's probably it's probably my least favorite raid in this game at this point. I actually think it is like I, my raid group. We play every single week. We do all the raids except for that raid now because we're just so sick of doing it. It's the only raid for a year or two, which definitely does not help. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 King's Fall got that treatment, too, from a lot of people. It was the only raid for a year. So people were like, OK, this is not this. I'm, I'm burned out. But I would say a lot of um, other raids flaws is the fact that, you know, King's Fall was the, or sorry, Last Wish was the big release of the year. And so when you have something like Scourge of the Past, which I actually really like, when you have something like Scourge of the Past, you're not going to get the same quality because of the development time that goes into these raids. It's insane. Um, The development time on these raids is about a year for the big ones. And even for the small ones, it's about a year. So I personally think that Last Wish was a miracle that it turned out that way. Um, I think there was a lot of, I remember hearing rumors that there was a lot of bugs in that raid and that it was about to be a very unplayable raid, but they somehow fixed it right. Like it's a miracle that, 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 that raid shipped the way that it did because it came out almost perfect. And um, I think as far as garden of salvation and why it, it doesn't hold a candle to last wish in that way, is because, you know, the Activision-Bungie split, you lose a huge amount of production. Um, Bungie is probably working on next year's content and tried to favor Shadowkeep in a way that was focused on story and also inviting new players to their world. Um, so, yeah, I, I personally think that a lot of it comes down to behind-the-scenes production budget, time, all that. But I've been... Dude, I mean, this is... This is the only raid that came out this year, which means that next year we're about to get probably in in Beyond Light one of the best raids we will ever experience. It'll be the first time that a raid came out in Destiny 2 that a raid came out a year after another one. This is the longest we've ever had to wait for a raid in Destiny 2. Yeah, now that you kind of put it into perspective, you're exactly right. Because I can't... Because Crown of Sorrow was how long after last wish six months give or take crown of sorrow was june right from september to june seven eight months ish Um, yeah 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 so yeah well no we we had scourge of the past too in in january oh my god so So we had three raids that year yeah wow So I think that's why, you know, Garden of Salvation, you don't have the other production teams. You don't have like 
a lot of stuff was changing behind the scenes. Their whole entire process, you know, they had to get, they got worked with Google Stadia. Like a lot of stuff happened behind the scenes. So I, I think like Garden was very much like that. And I also think with Garden, and this is a bigger conversation, probably, I, I don't know if it's good for this podcast, maybe for a, a different time, but a really interesting thing about Garden is that myself and a lot of other people believe it was made for contest and for the day one experience, but was not really looked at past that because contest was brand new. And so garden being a day one experience was like, it was great as a day one, but after day one, it just was not the same. So it's really interesting. That's an excellent point. Now uh, you, you answered a question I was about to ask after that is what were you expecting for beyond light? But you kind of put that into perspective uh, as I'm getting red bars through Discord. Hey, now I'm back. Um, yeah, back. You were back the whole time for me. You're oh, good. wow. Jeez. All right. I have no faith in my own connection. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so you're expecting a huge raid. Uh, let's let's put let's be hypothetical here. Let's put you in the seat. You are right next to Deej, kind of like throwing paper wads at him, you know, picking on him because that's what we do. But we all love Deej. And and you are you are Luke Smith. You are the you are the head cheese for the content moving forward. And you've been put into the role of putting in Beyond Light's content and delivering it. What what do you do? What do you want to see? I want to see something that has not been done in Destiny. I want to see new mechanics and new ideas and fully fleshed out new ideas that are expanding on things that we have done but things that are way more ambitious i want i don't want us to be in the scenario where we're constantly doing bounties for the best way to grind xp i don't want us in a scenario like this where all the loot is tied to anybody can get max level i want this game to go okay our end game players have been here since year one there's a very very dedicated group of people that play this game every single day and they love this game, and they play it nonstop. They don't stop playing this game. So I want to see a game where the people who play this game all the time, all the time, get something in return. And as far as what that means, basically in, in my Luke Smith brain, that would mean a replayability system for raids that takes that you know 5%, six percent of people that do a raid i want to see that number get boosted to like 20 or 30 because i want to tie some serious rewards to people doing this i a lot of people will say well only five percent or six percent of people do raids but i look at that and i say well that's you know that's bs right like i think a lot more people would do raids if there was more incentive to do raids for them there's no reason for a lot of people to do raids outside of some cosmetics a couple titles yada 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 and what I would do, speaking of titles, if I'm Luke Smith, I would say our title system right now is kind of getting old. And I think a lot of people aren't really engaging with something that we set up to be like constantly there for people to play on, people to always get. I want people to play our game and feel like their titles are well invested. So what we're going to do is we're going to add a let's just take the dredging thing. We're going to add dredging to dredging title. If you do get the dredging title, now you're going to get a snakeskin helmet. And that snakeskin helmet, if you do challenges with it, will also turn into transmogged ornaments for not just the helmet, but other pieces of gear. 
or just mm. something like that. You know, some kind of systems where we can add replayability to these titles. Maybe people didn't want to get them before, but hey, they're all cosmetic. And if you see someone in the tower fully in a in a in a Slytherin like snake suit, just like looking really really cool, you're gonna go, man, I want that. How did he do that? Because that feeling of I want what he has, how did he do that or how did she do that? How did they reach, you know, that forever 29 feeling that, you know, I see somebody has chatter white in the tower for beating vaulted glass. That feeling needs to come back. It sure does, dude. It sure does. And so that feeling, that feeling, I think everybody from any kind of spectrum of play would like to see. And I think that number of people that, everybody likes to harp on you know only five to ten percent of people do raids so they're too hard already or they're really hard you know yada 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 i think it's i think it's bull i think a lot of people would do it if there was reasons for people to do it i genuinely believe that if people had reasons to do all this stuff they would do it on a very consistent basis and i think there should be systems set in beyond light that also reward people for coming back all the time without that feeling of FOMO. Cause I know that happens a lot. People are mm-hmm. scared. If they leave the game for a week. They're going to miss everything. I don't want that feeling of FOMO, but I also want that feeling of accomplishment and you're going to be able to grind for some really cool looking stuff. And, and if I'm Luke Smith, I'm tying a lot of really good loot to the raid and yeah, a lot of it. And I'm also putting an anti cheat cause that's a huge, huge need. Oh god, that that's a whole other podcast. Jeez. Um, yeah. <laughs> um and I, I had one quick follow-up to to that to that um to that question. If you so you talked a lot about the really hardcore players, the big com- the community that we all talk about, you know, mm-hmm. we're, 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 I think we're a big base uh, of the player base. Talking specifically on making things harder, replayability grinding do you think it would be to lack of their benefit to kind of i don't want to say completely ignore the casual player but i mean how how do you tie those both in because the casual player is very important too absolutely i and i and i never want to come off like i'm saying oh of course no 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 yeah um i think to tie the casual players back into all this i think once again you know there needs to be something like strike exclusives. There needs to be, because I think casual players still run strikes. And even for patrol, you know, there, there could be a couple items from public events that are like, Hey, you know, you do X amount of public events. Well, there's a, there's a X weapon that's behind doing either a certain amount or like, Hey, there's loot protected, really good public. Like, you know, you're going to get some kind of reward if you grind out these public events Cause it's just patrol stuff. You know, there still needs to be ways of leveling too, right there. There can be bounties that drop weapons from crucible. Like that's one of the systems that I really do miss from destiny. One is that crucible used to used to be able to get bounties and pick them up and you'd grind. And yeah, they took a little while for grinding bounties, but at the same time, I mean, you turn in a bounty and you can get a trials weapon from a bounty. You can only go for it once. Like, but that's fine because hey, it's there and you didn't have to play trials and you could still get a trials weapon. It doesn't have the flawless, you know, extra perk, doesn't have the any of the cool stuff with it, but it at least is something that people can do. I think one of the biggest mistakes was bringing out trials the way that it was and still is is because a lot of the casual player base that would actually get something 
from it were completely ignored. And so by week two or three, all the casual player base left. Mm-hmm. And that just left really sweaty players or cheaters. And then there was the few people just trying to get a team together to make it happen. But once again, you're just going to run into a much larger player base of very, very talented, sweaty players. And then also a lot of cheaters. Right. And I mean, just going back to some of your videos, you know, about Yallerhorn being one example, the inclusion factor for raids, I think, is very important because I know from experience, I didn't get Yallerhorn until gosh, four months before it was nerfed the first time, and I was excluded in a lot of um, orcs, or not orcs, but uh, proto rates because I didn't have it. So, like, I think what you said is very, tr- it rings very true. Um, there, there, you can get the casual base in there, but you gotta be creative with it. You gotta, you gotta figure out how to, how to get them in if they can only play an hour a day, you know? Absolutely. Casuals do make up a very heavy portion. Probably most of the player base is more casual, but that's a that's a good thing. But it's also, I think, anybody who plays casually in a game like this, in, in Destiny, a game claiming to be an MMO, a game claiming to be a looter shooter, RPG type of game, I think it's also important for the casual player base to recognize that, hey, you know, this game isn't going to give me everything. I am going to have to work for some things in this game. And I may have to work really hard. Maybe some things aren't obtainable, you know, and I think that's I think everybody realizing that, hey, the loot that I'm going to get, maybe everything in the game isn't obtainable for me. And I think people have to be OK with that for, for, for this game to succeed. I think people need to start accepting that, that like, hey, there's going to be things that I can't get. Hell, there's things that I right now don't even have because I don't want to get it or because I just haven't really sat down and got it yet. But that's fine. I think that's totally fine. But I do think that casuals need to be included for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, 1,000%. Uh, but that's that's all I have. This was an incredible discussion. Um, you are you are the king of the community. And don't let anybody tell you different, because uh, I said so. Um, but now, now is the time to, and I would tell you to like, look at a camera and and plug your stuff, but there's obviously no camera and you're not streaming right now, but tell everyone where they can find you, what you're up to, what to expect. Go. Uh, You guys can find me at Evan F 1997 on Twitch, on YouTube, on Instagram with an underscore at the end, Uh, Twitter at Evan F 1997, all of these things. And you can join our discord. Uh, Just go into either the stream or you can go into the description of the YouTube videos and join our discord. I would love to talk to more people in discord. I am going to be doing a Q and a very, very soon. If anybody would like to ask any more questions, um, it's, it's always welcome. And yeah, I would say any other shameless plugs here. I, I guess I could say if you guys really are looking for just a really good energy drink formula, that's not going to like make you tired and is not, just like pump full of nasty chemicals. Uh, you can always use code Evan for G subs for a sample pack, at least for $5 total, it's just $5 sample to try it out. And then you can use code Evan again, if you really like the product, but yeah, that's, that's, that's all the shameless plug I'm going to do. <laughs> it, it is not shameless when it's the guest. It's only shameless when I do. All right. Fair enough. Remember Fair that enough. my last, I have a last, last, last question. And I like to try to, at the end of every discussion, um, or interview, depending on how much it grilled you during this 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 time period. 
is to think of something that is very, very difficult that it takes you at least an hour to figure out. Not so much. I'm being I'm exaggerating for com- comedic effect. You have you're going into a raid. You have one weapon set armor armor. I don't care. You have one set of weapons, primary, secondary, heavy. What do you go in with? Any time period of destiny does not matter. Oh, uh, I'm going with mountaintop recluse and say it on on. Oh, you want me to say Gallahorn? <laughs> I'm no, I'm going with unnerf sleeper simulant. Oh, all right. The base from destiny one, the first day it got nerfed two days after because it was way too strong. I'm going in with unnerfed sleeper as my heavy. If, if they were all three exotics, I would say primary is going to be Vex Mythoclast. Secondary is going to be um, for PVE at its absolute peak. I would have to say pocket infinity as long as it didn't crash my game. And then heavy. Yeah, sleeper simulant at its peak was was unreal. I, you would have to go back and, and see what the melt was like. It was stronger than Gallahorn at its peak. It was ridiculous. Well, you know we're to tweet at him to tell him that he's wrong because Yellowhorn should be in the heavy slot, but we'll save that for another day. Thanks a lot, Evan. I appreciate it, pal. We'll talk to you next time, all right? Absolutely, John. Thank you. I would love to thank Evan F1997 once again for joining me. What an incredible talk, uh, talk a talk and a chat. I do the same freaking thing every week. No, like he he was he was such an amazing guest. Uh, I got I mean, I got to learn a lot. Uh, I, I've been around the Internet for a while and YouTube, especially, but not as a creator. And just like the, the types of things that go into a, I mean, his YouTube videos are crazy. I mean, and I mean that in a good way, like the amount of work he puts in is nuts. The preparations are almost uncanny. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are YouTubers that work very, very hard, just like Evan does. But like in the Destiny community, man, like he and Bife. I need to try to get Bife on the show. I, I think that'd be super fun. I mean, have you I know this is an Evan podcast, but like so obviously go to Evan's YouTube. It's YouTube.com slash Evan Evan F1997, I believe. Yeah, it is. Um, His videos take so much preparation and so much planning. So do Bife's. Bife's series on just the lore from beginning to end is unbelievable. Um, with the editing, the pre-production, like I, I could go on and on. I'm also a video in there because I work in television. So I understand everything that goes into to their projects. And these are projects. Um, hey, it, it's why they get paid the big bucks and why they are leaders in the community that we are all uh, in love with, big fans of, and one that we're proud to be in, I, I, I would say. Um Obviously, not, not everything's peachy keen, but, you know, when hey, hell, whenever this community has battered down and raised millions for charity, I, you know, it's something to be proud of. Um, but yeah, that that was the show, friends. Um, I usually like to take a gaming topic at, at the end, but you've been here long enough and I'm sure you have other things that you got to do uh, in the middle of your day. Unless you're just starting your day, then hell, cheers. <laughs> Maybe it's five o'clock wherever you're at, wherever you're at listening to this. It's been the Gaming Trip Podcast. I'm John Fisher. Thank you so much for joining me. 
Uh, again, rate, review, and subscribe. Five-star reviews on the iTunes would be swell or wherever you're listening to it. I'm on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at JohnFishTV. I'm almost an affiliate, by the way. Almost. I need one more step, and I'm there. So go to the Twitch, drop a follow, hang out, talk to me, and I'll see you in the next one. Next week, same time, same channel. When we have an interview guest, I'll be tweeting it out. Until then, friends, is the Game Intro Podcast on the You Didn't Know Podcast Network. We had some great talks. I'll see you out there.